only one chance you have, you have no chance. If you had a chance, you need to run Licky Split. You can't run because you're the fattest. Well, Rick Flair, you know what? I'm not a normal looking athlete myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the gym's alive. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with only Addison, Lex Luger, and the Omnit tomorrow night. Motivation. No, I love you. I know he loves sugar. But I check my pocket. I don't have no donuts. I don't have no cheeseburger. I know you love sugar, but I ain't got none. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, whoo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal. I'm the man. Looking at a match for the total package like Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. You every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all above! I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. Make, make, a, make a, uh, a good, delicious, delicious day. I hate God! Hit the dog! Today, woo, I've got the style and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. is going on everybody yeah we are going super old school we are back on mixler for right now um while i'm trying to figure out this internet thing the wife is making some calls we're looking into a few things to try to get the uh everything done but in the meantime i believe this uh is working well uh, SBC, Sasha Baron Corbin in the chat, so he'll let me know if it's not working well. But um, I am doing well. I am Boxman. This is Wrestling Outlet. Called Smark a couple times. I'm not sure where he is. Hopefully he'll join us in a little while, but there's plenty to get into, so I'm not that worried about it. Um, been an interesting day 
here at the old uh, Richardson household, the old uh, the old boxstead, the old homestead here. Um, I had told you all a while ago that we had uh, bought some goats. Two of them were pregnant. Well, one of them had her little babies today, so we have uh, three little baby goats as of about 5 o'clock today. Three little babies, and uh, the other one hasn't had hers yet, so we got more coming. They are absolutely adorable. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. They are just adorable little goats, and... um, it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But, uh, you don't. I mean, really, you don't do anything. You just wait and watch. And, you know, we could, uh, my son came in and said, oh, one of the goats is screaming. What? Yeah. Well, that was why she was having her babies. And uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And um, there's three. They were all very good, very healthy. All walking right now, believe it or not. It doesn't take them but a few hours to start walking and, I mean, they start trying to feed within, I mean, within 15, 20 minutes, they're trying to feed already. So smart little animals. And um, yeah, so that's what uh, that's what's going on here today. Um, that's what we've been going through. But uh, it's been pretty cool. One of the one of them had to come in the house. The poor girl had three goats and she's trying to clean them all off and she just can't get to all three. So. She let us grab one, bring bring him in the house, and uh, clean him up. And he was all good when we brought him back. So they're all down there now, chilling out, taking it easy as far as I know. I know my wife just went out to check on him right when I started the show. But, uh, yeah, that's what's uh, going on. Baby goats. So uh, I'm a proud baby goat something. I'm not even sure what you'd call that at this point. But, um yeah, so there you go, folks. But yeah, hopefully Smark will be joining us uh, very soon. Um, I don't know if he had something to do or what, but um, I do not know. But we will definitely find out. We are, um, But yeah, you know, it's kind of good to be back here on Mixler. I got to say, I kind of, uh, I'm a little excited kind of to be back on here. I appreciate SBC jumping back in the chat. I believe this is the same channel we had before. Um so I'm kind of happy back here right now. I'll see how it works out. I don't have to, uh, you know, make my hair look pretty or nothing. I can just jump on here and do what I got to do. So uh, this works out very well. Probably hear my daughter crying in the background. Someone must have told her no. She's not allowed to do something, which that'll do it. That'll do it right there. But uh Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we've uh, we've been running around going through. Just kind of been watching the goats. We knew it was about time, and uh, there you go, folks. That's what uh, that's what's been going on here. But with uh, new life coming in, unfortunately, we do have to. Uh, I do have to start this show with um, a couple of deaths. Uh, one of the original four horsemen has passed away Ole Anderson now listen I know Ole wasn't the uh wasn't the nicest in his old age didn't really care about wrestling kind of hated it kind of just grew to hate it and was kind of just an old kind of an old asshole at one point just kind of but um 
obviously, you know, it, 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 none of that matters. I mean, listen, one of the Full Horsemen is one of the best factions I've ever seen, I've ever known. They're one of the best factions in wrestling history. Um, I know some may not agree with that, depending on how old you are. I go back, I remember some of those promos with these guys back when I was a kid. They were absolutely mesmerizing, the promos. Ole was another one of those guys, though, didn't scream, didn't yell, just talked. Basically, he'd get a, he'd get a little, little hot, but he was definitely one of the founding members of the four horsemen. And, um, you know, this was actually just, uh, let's see, when was this? It wasn't uh, just um, a couple days ago, three days ago. So this was Monday when, um, when we found out about this. WWE obviously put out their, um, uh, their uh, Jesus Christ, can't think tonight. WWE obviously put out their uh, condolences to the family on their website, which is where I am right now, right off WWE.com. WWE is saddened to learn that Ole Anderson has passed away. A founding member of the Four Horsemen, Ole's hard-nosed style and gruff demeanor, that was a good way to put it, helped define the group as one of the greatest stables in sports entertainment history. Trained by WWE Hall of Famer Vern Gagne, Anderson was a prolific and decorated tag team wrestler, most famously alongside Arn Anderson and the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. When the duo joined forces with Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, and manager J.J. Dillon, they established the iconic stable known as the Four Horsemen. During their legendary run, the Four Horsemen battled the likes of Dusty Rhodes, the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, and many more. The group set a standard style, a standard of style, attitude, and success that has been inspired, um, that has inspired every stable that has followed. WWE extends its uh, condolences to Anderson's family and friends and fans. So there you go, folks. Um, like I said, you know, Ole didn't really have much to do with the wrestling business after he left the wrestling business. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely one of those founding full horsemen. Now, a lot of people, it, it all depends on who you talk to, who was one of the you know, who really was the best incarnation of the Horsemen? Now, honestly, I more remember the times with Barry Windham than most. So to me, that's actually a, that is the greatest, in my opinion. That is the greatest uh, um, kind of incarnation of the faction is the one where where it included Barry Windham when uh, when Ole left. So that was, to me was was the best. Now again, it all depends on your age and who you like the best, but uh, that was definitely mine. Um, he was eighty one years old, folks, um, and it really doesn't. No, no cause of death has uh, has been disclosed at all. But you know. Um, Greg Price, former wrestling photographer, said that uh, he said a few things, and one of them was uh, tough as nails. He said his temperament and straightforwardness earned a, him a lot of respect from a lot of guys. So, you know, say what you want. Like I said, the guy wasn't really the most popular um, 
especially when it came to the wrestling business. But, you know, definitely sad to uh, to lose Ole Anderson. He was definitely, like I said, one of the founding members of the Four Horsemen. It was definitely huge. And, um, you know, he kind of... He kind of brought Arn over. If you watch those old videos, actually, if you watch the WWEF Four Horsemen video, you know, he did bring Arn into the fold because, you know, he saw the last name and, you know, he was cutting promos like, you know, I, I see what I can do for this kid. I, I definitely think he should be here with me. And when they brought him in, that was all it took. And it didn't take much longer for them to join with Flair and J.J. Dillon and become the Four Horsemen. So pretty pretty cool stuff if you watch that video. And that video's got a lot of Ole in it. So, mm -hmm. sorry, folks. A little thirsty. A little thirsty. Apologize for that. Um, but, uh, you know, in just a minute, we'll... Uh, We'll try Smark again real quick. You know what? Let's go ahead and do it real quick. I can turn that sound down a little bit so we can't hear it. And I can see if he'll answer real quick. It says he's online with Skype. So let's try this. Might hear it a little bit bleeding through the, the headphone, but can't really. All right, so he's still not answering. But that's okay. All right, no problem, folks. We'll keep rolling here. Um, like I said, we've got plenty to get into. I'm even going to talk a little bit of AEW. Uh, definitely want to talk some Revolution. We'll go ahead and do some. I'll do predictions for that. If Smark's not here, I'll do it. So we got plenty to talk about tonight. So let's just keep going. And yeah, SBC, RIP to Oli. And of course, that was my next thing to get into, unfortunately, was Virgil. I mean, really, we lost Virgil a couple days later. Actually, just yesterday, we found out about Virgil passing away. Um, only 61 years old, but I guess he had, um, obviously, he had had a couple strokes the year before, and he did, um, he was, he passed away in the hospital on um, just a couple of days, just yesterday, so. Um, actually, it was a uh, former referee. Mark Charles III, who actually announced this, and he put, "My dear friends, it is with great sorrow that I bring uh, that I bring news from the Jones family." Virgil's real name was Mike Jones. Of the passing of our beloved Michael Jones, whom we know and loved as Virgil, Vincent, Soul Train Jones, and more, Charles wrote. Virgil passed peacefully at the hospital this morning, and I ask that you pray for his, uh, him and his, his family. May his memory be eternal. Now listen, folks, we have made fun of Virgil on this show a few times. I think every show has. But uh, this, is, this is another one that's pretty sad. This is a pretty, I mean, 61 is very young, no matter what, even... I mean, but after having a couple strokes, I know you're a little more, you know, kind of successful to other things happening to you. Um, but after the stroke last year, it was a GoFundMe um, set up. He was also um, he was also diagnosed with dementia, according to um, after suffering two strokes in 2022. So 
Virgil was definitely uh, on the downslope a little bit here, but you know, I mean, we all knew him as Ted DiBiase's kind of kind of sidekick, kind of guy that I mean didn't really say much, was very quiet. We always, but in the latter days of WCW, Virgil made a little a little run um, in the uh, in in the late nineties, and it was uh, it was interesting to say the least. Um, def- most definitely, but uh, yeah, yeah, actually, it was uh, two thousand, I think, actually. I think it was 2000 when he made that run. I don't think it was 19 in the 90s. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, a lot of the guys on uh, social media, uh, Jake the Snake, put uh, shocked and saddened to hear the news about Virgil, retired WWE star. Jake the Snake's Robert Roots. Roberts wrote. Um, Luke Gallows who interacted with him for several appearances after his full-time retirement, put uh, R.I.P. Virgil, thanks for being a great sport during our shenanigans and for the memories. See you down the road, good brother. So that was pretty cool. And uh, Brett Lauderdale, who is one of the, the owner of GCW, actually put, uh, as a performer, an incredible athlete and a reliable soldier. I know he did a little bit with GCW, so pretty cool, but uh, definitely sad to see Virgil go, man, especially at only 61 years old. You just, um, oh, wait a minute. I think we got Smart coming in. Wait. 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 There he is. I hear him. I see him. Smart. Smark, are you there? Smark, can you hear me? <laughs> Smark, can you hear me? There we go. Okay. There you go. I hear you. I hear you. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We are back on Mixler, Smark. Mm-hmm. Feels good, don't it? And that's right. It's so Feels like an old pair of shoes. <laughs> that you washed, obviously. Okay. Well, obviously, an old washed pair of shoes. Makes sense? Some conferences, perhaps, yes. Uh, I don't know. But, um, Smart, since uh, you're just showing up, appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm sure us being back on back on Mixler, you had to take a. Uh, you were very nervous. Had to take kind of a little nervous dump there before the show. I get it. I get it. Big night. Big night. I get it. I get it. Um, uh, the phrase "pre-show dump" sounds awfully familiar, but I think you're attributing that to the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh. Like 20 minutes later, what happened, man? You know, be so dumb. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. And sorry um, about that, but I'm here now. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I just uh, talked about two deaths, the death of Ole Anderson and Virgil. I was just wrapping up on Virgil, so if you feel like mention anything on uh, on either one of those, be my guest, sir. 
and I will say this, I met Virgil one time and he tried to get me to give him money and then he was mean to me and I felt like I had achieved the full Virgil experience. I felt like if he was kind to me and didn't try to hustle me for money, it wouldn't have been a, a, the same. Nice. Very nice. Well, that's good. I'm glad he was... No, I'm not glad he was a dick to you, but... I don't know. I mean, I say that in all seriousness. I actually did feel like I had the full Virgil experience, that he was, like, a little bit shady and kind of mean. But I I will say, though, I mean, if you want to say anything nice about him, like they kind of pointed out on The Observer, he was always sort of just around during all of the big periods. He was around during the Hogamania time. He was around during the Monday Night Wars. He was with Ho not with Hogan, but he was uh, was with Hogan in the NWO. But then, like, before then, he was sort of around there during the whole Hogamania run. So he just, he always knew where the hot hand was, and he was always kind of there and involved in it. He was. And he was always, he was, but I mean, you know, wasn't all, never really the biggest guy, never the, the, the guy focused on, but yeah, he was always somewhere in the fold. Mm -hmm. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. I don't think he was stupid. Not at all, not at all. No, I don't think he was stupid. He wouldn't have lasted that long in the wrestling business if he was stupid. Plus, I mean, he gave us the term fuck money, so that'll always be, that'll live on forever. Very true. Very true. But like I was saying, I know we used to make fun of Virgil a lot. We actually used to go back to his GoFundMe and see, you know, how little it had and all that stuff. What were we trying to do? Get, uh, get They were trying to get Virgil back to a millionaire. <laughs> but, uh, all, all done, all gone. I mean, even think about that. How much money did it cost him to make that GoFundMe and how much did he get it? Like, he got money off of it. It cost him nothing and he made some. He didn't make a lot, but he made some. It was like four grand in there. Mm hmm I would take four grand. Yeah. I mean, for what? Like five, ten minutes to set up that GoFundMe? Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, hey, he did what he had to do, you know? Mm -hmm. did what he had to do smart but um ah jeez i don't know man it and, and 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 i mean even and we even lost comedian richard lewis yesterday mm -hmm. i don't know if you knew who he was he was sort of in he was on the howard stern show a lot yeah right he was but uh you know he was on a couple tv shows back in the day he was very 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 funny comedian in his time i'll put it that way he definitely had a time where he was awesome. And then he just kind of faded away. And I know he was sick for a while. And, uh, yeah, he passed away yesterday. So fucking dropping like flies, man. Dropping like fucking flies, bro. Mm -hmm. Like fucking flies. But nice. um, I was saying before the show, Smark, with, uh, you know, um, our, uh, our one of our pregnant goats had three little babies today. Aww. They are so they're so cute. We have a nice. we have a brown and white goat, and she had three black and white babies. And I don't think they have horns. I think they're hornless. Hmm. Yeah, they don't even have buds for horns. So it happens. They said that that it it actually is happens more than you think. 
So we still got one more pregnant. Probably going to have babies in the next few days. So it'll be a busy weekend, sir. Mm, love is in the air, apparently, huh? Oh, well, it was that day. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we think There we got you go. we think we got some mail, so we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to look at putting another fence up in our yard here. Mm. They can't be together. Like from six weeks, they can't be together. We'll Okay. have we'll just have it, babies everywhere. Unless my wife wants to, I don't. I, 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 I don't. I'm not even thinking about it. But yeah. Pretty cool stuff happened here today. But um, anyway, Smart, we got a bunch more, I guess, to get into here. Um, not that much. But then we got some AEW to talk, and we'll uh, we'll do some revolution predictions. That'll Sounds be good. fun. Sounds good. What the hell just kicked on in here? Hold on a sec here. Mm-hmm. You tried to do the wind tunnel? I don't know if it just started raining outside or what, but... Could be the case. I know there was a lot of bad weather yesterday. Midwest had a bunch of tornadoes. There was a lot of wind in the northeast. It rained a lot here. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on, but it just suddenly sounded like the AC kicked on, and the AC is way away from here, so... I'm going to assume that's rain. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that's rain. I thought the printer kicked on. I'm like, what the fuck? No, it's not the printer. Oh, well. That's a little bit of white noise to go with the additional white noise that we provide. Yeah, Get there it Because you go. we're Caucasian and we're, you know. And we make noise. Uh, white noise. Yeah. <laughs> 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 go ahead and... I'm aggressively elbowing the camera. I forgot that this was Mixler. And there's no <laughs> visual component at the moment. Yeah, they can't. Uh, I can see that. I can see you. But yeah, okay. I see. I, I see. I see. I see. Don't hit me. You're gonna hit me. Oh, oh. Now smart. See, the good thing about YouTube is I don't mm -hmm. have to. I don't even have to fucking do my hair. I'm. I'm just sitting here with my. My crazy, my, nor do I. My yeah, my crazy Jew curls. <laughs> mm -hmm. My Jeff Goldblum curls. So nice. that's all you know. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. But um, all right, Smart. While we're talking about some shitty things, let's just keep going with the shitty stuff. This is something that happened a few weeks ago. We haven't mentioned it. I kind of wanted to see if we could get a little more info. There's not too much more coming in right now. Obviously, it's a, a, an open investigation, which we're not going to hear about much yet. So, Billy Jack Haynes. Have you heard about this yet, Smark? I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Jack Haynes, uh, yesterday, actually, yeah, yesterday was officially charged with his uh, wife's murder. Um, I guess a few weeks ago, what happened is, uh, this was actually on February 8th, police were called to a home in Portland Lentz neighborhood for reports of a possible shooting. 
Officers then spent multiple hours trying to contact a man inside the home, believing he he may have been armed. Authorities asked those in the area to, to shelter in place. Roughly two hours after the police arrived on scene, the man, later identified as Haynes, came out of the home and was detained. When officers were able to get into the home, they found a woman, was pronounced dead. She has since been identified as 85-year-old Jeanette uh, Beecraft. That's how I would pronounce that. And her death was ruled a homicide by gunshot wound. Um, and they did, obviously, uh, they know that that's his wife. Now, you know, you listen a little bit, you dig a little bit, you do hear that his wife had a few little issues going on, um, medical issues, mental issues, Um so you don't know if that was part of it. I don't know what's going to happen here. I, this is just, I mean, they, 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 they that's why I really didn't want to mention it. I was hoping we would hear more about it in the next week or two. And really, mm-hmm. we, we haven't heard much, but he has been charged. But I don't know, man. This is pretty fucking nuts, man. Pretty fucking crazy, Smart. So, I don't know, man. What do you think about this one? Do you think when the cops showed up, he pretended to be an island savage and didn't speak English to try to get away with it? Because, I mean, what's old is new. I mean, maybe he was expecting Vince to run up with a suitcase? Mm-hmm. Mm. No. No. I mean, maybe if he let Vince shit on his face. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that would help. <laughs> nah, this is, like I said, this is a little crazy, but like I said, you do hear some things about his wife now. They've only been married, a, they they have not been married that long, really. I believe this article said how long they had been married. No, it was a different article I, have, I, I read, but they weren't married very long. Um, I believe they only got married like in 2020. This is his fourth wife. This is his fourth wife that I do know. So, but uh, I don't know, man. There's definitely something more to this story that I don't think either one, any of us are going to know for a while. Could this have been some sort of euthanasia thing? Maybe. Hard to prove. Very hard to prove. I guess they'll have to dig into her medical records and uh, and go from there. But like I said, I was hoping we would get a lot more information on this, but there's not a lot more information coming out about this. So Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, even if it is, like, even if she does have her medical problems, you can't do that shit. Like, even if that's what she wants, you still just can't do that shit. Huh? Assisted suicide is legal in some states. Now, mm-hmm. I would not doubt if Portland is one of those states it was. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Let's see. Why don't we Google it? Let's 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 do this. Is suicide legal in Portland? 
All right. They say summary organ. Uh, it's called Death with Dignity Act allows ill organ residents to. Okay, they have to obtain uh, prescriptions um, to do that. So she would have had to go to a doctor and obtain a subscription um, to do that legally with no, with nothing, with no issues. Um, Let's see. First passed act in November 1994 referendum. Latest issue, however, uh, suicide legitimate medical purpose within the meaning of 1970 federal there's a lot of iffy stuff here, but pretty much, no. Your best bet is to see a doctor, get the termination medicine, and do it that way. Then that might have been the best way. You can't just, you know, take out the old, uh, the old trusty colt, and uh, you know, put one between her eyes like she's a fucking animal. Can't do mm-hmm. that. That that's not how you do this. So, yeah. but again, slippery slopes, slippery lawyers. You never know what'll happen. I guess. And I guess we will be finding out more about this as it goes to trial. Indeed. 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 Smart. Absolutely. So smart. Reportedly. Mm-hmm. According to Big Daddy Dave, who is right all the time. You know. Now, he is saying that WWE has um, snagged and signed multiple-time IWGP Tag Team Champion Tama Tonga. Um, mm-hmm. He had his final match. On Saturday, this past Saturday, um, over there, and a lot of people are saying that he, including Meltzer, is saying he is headed to WWE. I believe he is one of the Samoans family. Indeed, he is. (sighs) It's I could be wrong, but I feel like he's been there before. Because before. There was a, a long time back. There was, uh, they had one guy who was Samoan that they were pretending to be Hispanic, mm. which I believe that was him because I think he was supposed to be uh, Camacho. I think could be wrong. Let me make sure that I'm right because I, I don't remember who that was, but they had somebody. No, I don't think that was Camacho. No, no, yeah, it was somebody. I don't remember though. Yeah, I could have probably looked it up first before I said that, but it was one of them. <laughs> It was one of, I mean, but by them, I mean, it was either him or his tag team partner that was there for a minute, but I can honestly, I get them confused all the time. Yeah, I'm trying to think who the, it was Camacho and, I don't know, they had him under a mask is what you're saying? Uh, no, yeah, Camacho, but it was the, it was the other one, it was Tongalolo, who is his brother. I just mixed up the brothers. Oh, Jesus, Mark. But. They were literally, I mean, it's not as objectable as uh, having a Samoan pretend to be a Mexican. That's also weird. Uh, you know, listen, you do what you got to do in the business, Mark. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Yokozuna. The devil, you say? 
He's uh, probably Korean. It's a yeah, it's a, no, 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 no. An island is an island, my friend. You know what I mean? That's what uh, Jimmy uh, Buffett taught me. Go. Uh, and you despise that man, so I'm not sure what that says about you, Smart. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Look, man, don't speak fucking ill of the dead, okay? Leave Jimmy alone now. <laughs> Leave Jimmy alone now. He's gone, Smart. <laughs> He's been through enough. The parrot heads are still mourning. Let them mourn. <laughs> fucking prick. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of a bunch of uh, like a funeral service with a bunch of like black like Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> just black flip flops, black Hawaiian shirts, black Bermuda shorts, just the whole thing. Dead parrots everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll play some Jimmy Buffett for you if that's what you want me to do. I do have some on my computer. I have one song by them. By him. If you want me to, I'll sure. play it. Go right ahead. Um, just coincidentally, I'm uh, for no reason. <laughs> I'm to turn my microphone and camera off. But no, uh, go I right ahead. I won't play. I won't play it. But uh, I did play our old intro at the beginning of the show. It was nice. Good to hear. Nice. And don't worry, folks. You're getting take your drunken ass home. Oh, that's right. I'm playing it at the end. You're goddamn right. I am. We are fucking, if we're back on Mixler, we're fucking back. Hell yeah. I'm hoping to have the internet back so we can do YouTube. But in the meantime, truthfully, I'm happy being back on Mixler for a little while. Um, in the For the meantime, at least, while we're doing this. So it's nice. Mixler has definitely changed. I was uh, happy to see it was working with my computer because last time it didn't work with my computer. Whatever updates mm. they've done over the past year have fixed it, which I appreciate. So good stuff there. Um, but yeah, Tamatonga, another one of the never-ending Samoan family, the uh, the office or the uh, the annoys, 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 however you say it. Indeed. Right, the indeeds. Thank you. No, wait. <laughs> wait. You lost me there, Mark. Uh, Indeed, I'm so very sorry about that. No, nah, it's all right. I'm okay. I'll live. But, uh, yeah. So, I I don't know. I don't know if they... Do you fold him right into the bloodline? Do you have him side with uh, the other Uso? Um, Jesus. One of them's... Not in the bloodline right now. Jimmy. Jimmy. J. J. Jimmy. Jimmy. J. J. Jimmy. Jimmy J. Jimmy. Jim. Jimmy. Jimmy J. No, J. 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 Right. That's what I said. Jimmy J. Jimmy Jam. J. J. Right. Um, Who? I mean, where do you throw him? Do you throw him right in the bloodline? Do you throw him over to the other side to someone eventually has to join up with Jay or one of the Jays. <laughs> Indeed. I'm sorry. I can't tell them apart. 
No. So Jimmy I don't know. Jimmy is supposed to be the good guy. Jimmy's the villain. Jimmy's the one that's still with Roman. Okay. All right. So just mark. And honestly, the only way that I can tell him apart is because he keeps going by. He goes by main event Jey Uso, and that's how I remember him. I mean, if you put them together, I can't point it out. Except I think Jay wears blue now, and Jimmy wears red because of the whole bloodline thing. Uh, if you if if you put a hundred dollar bill in front of me, I probably still couldn't guess him. Um, but I'm fifty. Mm-hmm. But I'm fifty fifty, so I could uh, I could work with that. Um, I don't know, Smart. You're booking a show. What do you do? You're booking. Listen, Mister uh, Mister Levesque. What do you do here? Probably not waste money signing him because I don't find him particularly interesting. Well. I mean, if you're asking me, but um, yeah, I mean, you got a point. I mean, somebody wow. needs to team up with Jay, so put him with Jay. Fuck it, why not? Give him a little bit of something to help him fight the bloodline off. Why not? Well, Mr. Levesque just saved us five million for a year. Let's um, let's thank him and go move move on from this. Okay. <laughs> you know what I do? If I'm Triple H, I pray that nobody finds out that I knew. I mean, um, oh. <sighs> You know, I I think Stephanie knew. I think we're seeing a whole... I don't mean to go way off topic here, but I think we are seeing one of the reasons Stephanie left. A lot of people think one of the reasons Shane left is because he knew. Now again, Smark, we all knew about this non-public information that was eventually going to come out. We said back then, do you think Stephanie knew about this non-public information? If Stephanie knew, Triple H knew. They're married. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're married. They talk. It would definitely be known. Now, could Triple H have known and not confronted Vince? Maybe. Could Triple H have known how deep Vince was going into this? I don't know. Vince definitely could have kept this from his son-in-law. I could see that. I could see that. But I don't know, man. I think either Stephanie or Shane and or Shane knew what was coming down the pike and wanted to uh, release the, the, uh, release the shoot early. Before the plane went down. Poor choice of for maybe not release the shoot. Parachute. <laughs> not mm. not Okay. Not the poop shoot, dude. Yes, well I mean maybe release just in general is is a, is a bad terminology when it comes to this. Shane's the wild card though, because I'm on this one I'm curious about because I could actually possibly believe that he didn't know or that he did know and like you said he got the fuck out of there. Like he saw the text and he just shuffled right on out of the room. Maybe, or I mean, listen, we've the, there's been talk that those two weren't having the greatest relationship. Like again, we didn't we didn't believe the whole argument with them and Shane stormed out. We didn't believe any of that bullshit. Um, but something there's I mean, something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's hard to tell because, I mean, we don't know these people and we don't know what's going on. But it, to me, it just always sort of got the vibe that, like, Shane was the only non-evil one in the family. Uh, yeah. Because, like, okay, Steph- 
compared to, I mean, compared to Vince, obviously Stephanie's not so bad, but like Stephanie did a lot of like self-aggrandizing shit and she was just always there, like sort of basically making it seem like she invented women's wrestling and just sort of always making sure that she's there to have her face in the photo op anytime there's any charitable endeavors, shit like that. Triple H right along with her. It just seemed like Shane was always kind of the one who just, kept his like just kind of stayed off the grid a little bit like do you remember that there was that time where like there was like some plane accident or like plane turbulence that he was involved in and he was giving an interview to a news media and he didn't even mention who he was somebody just pointed it out to him yeah it was the, the uh was helicopter was like wait a minute are you vince's son and he just casually just shrugs and goes, yeah, yeah that's me yeah it was a helicopter that wasn't went down in the like in the harbor or something mm-hmm. yeah i remember that and you're right he did but I don't know, man. You, you, with all this going on, with as braggadocious as Vince was to the boys about showing pictures of this woman, you don't think one person went to Triple H and went, Trip, what the fuck, man? What's going on with your fucking, what's going on with fucking old man? Right. I, I yeah, can't. like I mean, I could I could believe that Vince might not have told him, but I feel like that news eventually made its way back to Triple H. Yeah, I think at heart, I, I I think Triple H is still one of the boys at heart, you know. But and I think that someone probably told him. I mean, listen, you can't you can't sit there. I mean, the guy's in a real bad position right now, Triple H. Mm-hmm. Whether he knows or not, whether he knew or not, it doesn't matter right now. You've got to think if you just look at the story, the way it's broke down, the way it, Vince takes care of things, they've got to know. Got to be, got to know. Right. Got to know. And you know what? I don't think Triple H could have done a goddamn thing to stop him. I don't think there's one thing he could have done to stop them him so you know i'm i'm not putting any blame on triple h for this at all i'll put a slight amount because there's like the, the press conference that they did after the world rumble it's like okay yeah what are you supposed to say but whatever he what he actually said did not do him any favors because he was just like yeah i, I haven't read the report it's like cool so you're just admitting to like not doing your due diligence as like a person in charge as an executive that's pretty neat like that seems like something you could just go ahead and ignore those are probably just, those aren't important allegations at all they had a fucking pay-per-view that week and he probably had a few things to do that yeah, week i mean yeah, I, that I, takes precedence you know it's better than tony khan it oh i'm sorry it's under investigation no mike Crack a because if he said that we're just like we're looking into the matter right now and that's really all we could say that's I mean that's kind of standard but that's good enough I would think it better than just like we don't know it's like everyone else does okay then so maybe you should <laughs> not very uh, hip to the uh, news. <laughs> now I will say that uh, the fact that Triple H was not wearing a fucking. Uh, 
Chad G. Humpty Hump had while he was addressing the allegations probably did him a little bit better than Tony Khan wearing his fucking ridiculous outfit. Uh, Which, of course, yeah. it was Tony Storm's hat, but still the hat and the sunglasses while answering, like, rape allegations is, is fucking wild. With an afro on your head. Mm-hmm. At that. Looked like a fucking, looked like a fucking poodle on his head. Mm-hmm. Fucking unbelievable anyway we got way off of that uh tamatanga thing so anyway let's just fucking move along um i guess we can talk a little bit of aew smart a aew has hired renee paquette some help finally hired this woman some help a woman named arcady aura will be joining the company as a backstage interviewer. Um, she will be helping out Renee Paquette and Lexi Nair, who doesn't really, not really too much on um, Dynamite. So hopefully uh, this girl will help out on Dynamite. Renee could use some help. I mean, listen, I'll take Renee in every goddamn segment I can. But... Right. It... It just it does seem a little low rent when you got one person doing like every interview segment on a show. They have, like you said, they, they do have other people, but they just for whatever reason don't use them. Because like Alex uh, Marvez shows up every now and again to do interviews, but he'll he'll be gone for like weeks at a time. And I, you know, mm. like you said, there was the other girl Zoe Luna or whatever I think you said her name was. You don't see anything from her. No, and Alex Marvez is only in locker rooms for some reason. He only does interviews in a locker room. I don't know why. He's, don't not, know. he's not allowed to escape. He's being kept there. That's probably what it is. He's in his little cubby. Can't go nowhere. But uh, there you go. The report doesn't uh, say when she's starting, but uh, be looking out for that. So, uh, you know, bolo, folks. Be on the lookout. Now, folks, let's talk about a little Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Riddle did a little interview. He sat down with um, he sat down in um, with I believe Ariel Hawani and had a little conversation. Yep. Had a little conversation with that man and uh, talked a few things. That were going on. The first thing, I gotta sit up. My back is killing me. Give me one second. Oh, got this little pillow here. Let me put this little pillow behind me. And you know, if I take this little pillow and I plug it in, it vibrates. <laughs> I don't need to do all that, but my back is hurting. Okay. So, the first thing he talks about, folks, oh, that's much better. First thing he talks about is the little experience that experience that we had talked about that happened with him at JFK. If you remember, he grabbed the mic. He was talking shit. A TSA agent was kind of saying he was rude, gave him a little shit for it. You guys remember all that, right? Of course you do. Of course you remember all that. So here we go. Let's go ahead and get into it. Um... He started on with that. He started what the, where he actually started was the part of that that was caught on film because we did get some of that on film. 
So he said, what happened there? We had a tour in India. It was a one-day tour. We flew to India and then flew back from India right back and forth. I think we got there. We landed. We had a couple hours at the hotel, went to the venue, did the show, then flew back to the States. And on the way back, you know, when you fly, you feel some pressure and stuff like that. I thought it was just air pressure. I really had a bad ear infection. And then, of course, you add a couple of cocktails on top of that. Then, you know, grab the mic. I'm talking some crap. Flights were delayed. It was just a perfect storm. But at the same time, I feel a lot a lot of people would beat themselves up. And at the same time, I look at it. I think it was a sign. I was overworking myself. Maybe I hopped back into things a little too quick doing like a four-day tour and going to India for a day and back. It took its toll on me. And I think those kind of things kind of, uh, those kind of things kind of thing took a toll on me. Fucking Ian, two times write this article. Two times. Anyway. So there you go. You know what? Let's just take these one by one, Smart. Just take these one by one. Okay. We got that. I get it. Had a bad ear infection. Can mess you up pretty bad. I understand. Had a few drinks. Grabbing the mic at an airport stopped after 9-11. Don't fuck around at an airport. You're on mute. You're on mute. You're still on mute. Wait a minute. I didn't mute you. Let me see something here. What'd you do? <laughs> Is your your Skype's not on mute? <laughs> I wondered why you got so quiet over there, Smart. Hold on here. I swear to God, I didn't mute you. Let me make sure. No, you know, you no, know, no, no, no. Your Skype is on mute. Your Skype is on mute. There you okay. go. There you go. Yeah, because I had to, I had to cough and I pressed the button a million fucking times and it didn't show me the icon that was muted. But then I tried to talk and it was muted, so I didn't get to cough and I didn't get to talk. Ah, this you're guy all right. A wonderful job. I, anyways, I was saying I, I love how he said that. Like that is just something that happens. Like it's just it's, it's like a fucking rite of passage, a coming of age tale of just like we've all been there. We've all been like overworked and we're on painkillers and we get drunk on an in a cross country flight and we grab a microphone and we talk shit and we uh harass, you know, fucking TSA agents. And it's just it's something you do. It's a boys' night. Most of us would still be in jail right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd probably still be in jail, Smart. You think you'd probably still be in jail? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't get that far because I would be fucking terrified of doing anything uncouth in the airport. Especially, like you said, after 9-11, they do not fuck around. No, which is why you don't fuck around in airports because they don't fuck around in airports anymore. They just don't, man. Dude, I for, listen, I don't go to the airport much. I do not like flying. I hate flying. But I know you do not mess around in an airport anymore. After 9-11, you fucking go. You go through security. You get on your fucking plane. You sit there. 
Take a fucking Xanax, take a Valium, go to sleep, wake up, time travel. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're done. That's it. That's it. Done. You get off the plane, get your shit, and get the fuck out of there. Do not play around. You don't grab the fucking mic. He's lucky he didn't get fucking <laughs> body Jeez. cavity checks and shit. <laughs> Yeah, jeez. All right. So that's the first part. Now, he also, this one I've got a little issue with his answer, but we'll get into it as we talk here. So he gets into the sexual allegations that, um, the sexual assault allegations that also we have talked about on this show. Um, now, he didn't, and he even said, I'm not going to get into too much detail with that incident, but this is what he did say. I talked to internal affairs. I talked to the FBI. I'm not in trouble. I can assume you, uh, I can assure you that, sorry. I'm not going to get into details with the situation because they asked me not to unless I want to press charges. And I didn't want to press charges. But that's how the situation was handled. Okay. My first issue. Internal Affairs investigates police, corrupt cops. Mm-hmm. The fuck is he talking to Internal Affairs for? Well, because he's two months away from retirement, but as we all know, he plays by his own rules. <laughs> um, I don't think he talked to Internal Affairs. I believe he did, even if he wasn't supposed to, or even if they couldn't help him out. <laughs> That's very archery. When you said that he talked to the FBI, I feel like they investigated. They like asked him a bunch of questions, and at the end, they asked if he had any questions, and he proceeded to just badger them about like Bigfoot for twenty minutes. Yeah, but he was actually talking to uh, fucking Big Vito and Nunzio, and he actually talked to the real, the, the wrong <laughs> FBI. <laughs> I called. He, yeah, he just got really stoned to talk to a fucking eight by ten of Tracy Smothers. For Tracy Smothers. <laughs> so he gets understood. Understood. Yes. I don't know why, but even his picture is racist. It's fucking amazing. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Anyway. <coughs> yeah. So yeah, he he yeah, I I think that answer has a few flaws in it. Um not 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 to say I don't believe him on the allegations, but that answer seems like it came from the uh the creative side of the brain and not the uh logical side of the brain. Let me put it that way. Um he mm-hmm. does take some ownership, though, for that little situation, saying, uh, not that situation, but the other situation, um, the JFK. He says, but at the same time, if I wouldn't have had a couple of drinks, I wouldn't have put myself in that situation, and I wouldn't have been there. So at the end of the day, I put myself in the situation. I knew I could have possibly got into trouble. Uh, and by the way, that was the sexual allegation situation. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So he does now go into the allega- uh, the disgust that uh, 
the both situations may or may not have factored in his, to his WWE release, which happened in the same month. So here we go. I don't think that's the reason I got fired, but I don't think it helped, especially with the UFC merging. And I was probably, uh, and I was gonna probably be making. Well, it was written in my contract that I was going to make a million dollars this upcoming year guaranteed, which was a lot more than I was making last year and a lot more than I was making the year before that. So I think there was multiple variables that played into my departure. Plus, I failed a couple drug tests. You know, the writing for me, at least, the writing was on the wall. I'm very good in the ring. I'm entertaining. But especially with WWE and just how they wanted to be perceived, I don't think it was a good fit, at least at the time. Failing the drug tests, the JFK thing, I'll leave the allegations out of it because they that was pretty much right as he was coming in, as he was being pushed. I'll leave those out of it because that wasn't the same month. But the fact that he was getting a lot of press with his porn star girlfriend probably also didn't help. At least he's got the balls to go, you know, that whole TSA thing, I don't think it really was the reason, but I don't think it helped. At least he has the fucking wherewithal to know that. But... I think there was a little more you're not attributing to why he you got fired, Mr. Riddle. Go ahead, Smart. Perhaps. I mean, it, it is a very, very valid point that like Dana White absolutely fucking hates him. There's like YouTube videos of just Dana White just shit talking him. He, like there's compilations of it. So yeah. yeah, he probably the whole merger thing and the fact that they're doing a lot of synergy now with UFC and they're having like UFC fighters show up on SmackDown and shit like that. Like that probably wasn't going to bode well for him in the future with like him, whether him, you know, he stayed there, whether or not he got pushed, those kinds of things. So the writing on the, was probably already on the wall for him anyway. Mm. But, you know, obviously like you said, like he said, the extra, the extracurricular activities probably did him no favors either. Extracurricular activities. I like that. Smart. It was a good way to put that. Mm-hmm. Great way to put mm-hmm. that. Good, good, good. Right. Oh. Oh. Do you think if you, you're the man in charge of MLW, like you just signed Matt Riddle, and then it comes out that Matt Riddle is going to do an interview with Ariel Hawani, do you just sort of like brace for impact? You're just like, ah, fuck, I just blew my money. I'm going to have to fight. He's going to say something. I'm going to have to fight. Oh, probably. Can you hear that, by the way? A little bit. It's not too bad, though. It's a, there's a little bit of a hiss every now and again. A little bit, like <sighs> you said, sounds windy, but I guess it's rain. No, I'll be damned. That fucking that plugged in in the checkout, that little vibrate feels pretty good on your back. Uh, anyway, I'm going to leave it off because b- before you know it, I'll be sitting on that thing and the show's going to wrap up early. Make sure to see me. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh. <laughs> a Patreon thing. Yeah, we're, we'll have to switch the. Ah, we're fucking audio only now. Back again. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go on a little bit here. 
Now, regarding the failed drug test, now, Smark, obviously, would be like, come on, he's got a little weed. We know, we, we know the dude. He's like, the dude, dude. The dude, you know, he takes a little Which, four. ironically, that's what got him in trouble with UFC and made Dana White hate him is numerous failed drug tests while he's with the UFC. Because he was winning fights. Like, if he would have stayed clean, he'd yeah. probably, I don't know if he'd still be there because that was a while ago, but he was moving his way up the ladder. Meanwhile, every time John Jones has a fight, he pops positive and then, you know, wrecks a car and has cocaine in it. And he sits there and blows him to come back. Yep. Let me let me I don't even get me fucking started because there's something I'm I'm sorry. No. Don't get me started. I've 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 done this rant before. I mean this is also I mean what it is what it is. Like MMA is is a great sport, but the people involved like at the top, or at least UFC Dana White, not necessarily the most high character person. He no. has a, it's only been about ten years since he started considering women to be athletes. So like because uh. I mean for the longest time there was no female and I think it's only female MMA has only been like ten years or so. Oh, but he claims he just didn't want to hear the whole sexist thing you know, no one really wants to see women get beat up. You know, there are a lot of people that actually do not want to see the women fights. They don't want to see two women hitting each other or getting bloody or getting beat up. A lot of people just want to look at women and see the beauty. But I don't know, man. Sometimes it's good to see the beast, too, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like... I mean, it's it's consensual. It's mutual combat. It's what it is. It's... It's a fight. I I don't mind seeing the women fights. I think sometimes they're better. All right. So, yeah, like I was for, saying. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, for a very long time, it was because they sort of had a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. And sort of the gap was a little bit more. It was a little bit more even, I feel like, because there wasn't so many, so many like dominant female fighters in the way that... You had, like, dominant male fighters for a long time. You had, like, George St. Pierre. You had fucking, I can't remember his name right now, Mighty Mouse. He was winning fights left and right. There was, like, a, there wasn't as big of a gap between, like, the top competitors and the bottom competitors. But then, Mighty Mouse. He, for a while, they didn't even have c- Cyborg. I'm trying to remember his name. was, like, BJ? Ben Johnson or Demetrius Johnson. I think it was Demetrius Johnson. Okay. because I, mean, I thought you were talking about BJ Penn. Nah. Well, BJ Penn was good, too. But oh, yeah. He he didn't have as dominant of a streak as Johnson did, right? But right. yeah, I mean, there, there, there was the gap was a lot more narrow between the women than it was between the men, and there was only like two or th- for a while there's only like two or three weight classes anyway, so it was kind of easier to follow the fighters and you know who had what belt and whatnot, what the rankings were, all that kind of stuff. Because that's the problem I have with UFC, especially the male division, or however you want to look at that, because there's like fucking twenty belts and there's it's just impossible to keep up with who's in what division and who's at the top of the rankings and so on and so forth, all that kind of shit. Yeah, but they've had some badass women in there, man. I mean, they had Rousey. She was one of the first. Mm-hmm. They had uh, they had Misha Tate. She's a badass. Mm-hmm. They had Gina Carano, who's just a hot, not only a badass, but a hot badass. I don't think they did. I think that was Strike Force. Was she never? Did she never do a UFC fight? I don't believe so, honestly. I can look it up, but I think she was just strike. I think by the you, time 
You know, UFC I started letting women fight. I think she women. was already doing movies. You're right. I think you're right. I think you're one hundred percent. They had cyborg. The they did have cyborg, Force, and then she came over. Yep, they had cyborgs. They definitely had some good women fighters. But um, as he's looking that up, I'm going to go ahead and start reading this if you guys don't mind. Yep, her last fight was 2009, which was before female MMA UFC Strike okay. Force Carano versus Cyborg. She took the L in that one. She was seven and zero coming into it, and she got knocked out by Cyborg, which a lot of women did. So fair enough. Oh, she so she was in UFC. No. No, Strike Force. No, no, no. Strike Her Force. last Strike fight Force. was 2009 in Strike Force. In Strike Force. Cyborg. All right. Cyborg was badass. She still is badass. Mm-hmm. She still is. Um, but anyway, so, you, you know, like I was saying, Smart, you sit there and you think, you know, he's the dude, he's the bro, he's probably getting busted for the weed. Turns out, no, it was cocaine. Um, you're allowed to smoke weed. He says, this is Matt Riddle, quote, I went to the strip club and did cocaine a couple of times. I failed a drug test for that. That was for all of them. It was cocaine each time. But it was honestly just random nights. And the first drug test I took, WWE tests you randomly, say any week. But sometimes you get tested at the end of one month and the beginning of another month. So there was one week where I failed. Bang, bang. I don't know why you put the bang bang. Don't uh, didn't know I failed the second one, and by the time I failed the first one, I got two right at once. So I think that is why they were a little more lenient on me. We tested you back to back. You failed both times. I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to show you no more problems. Hey, you guys can test me for the next ten weeks, and I did that. I was fine, didn't fail one test, didn't do anything. When I thought I was clear, went out and partied a little bit. They gave me a random test at my house. I failed that. And shortly after, they had me go to rehab. So he did end up going to rehab, which we were going back and forth on. No one really knew if he went to rehab. He has finally admitted he did get sent to rehab. Now, I don't... We don't. I, I I I don't know if you have to stay thirty days. I don't know if there's rules. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But when we pulled that picture of of him in quote unquote rehab, there were shot glasses on that table, dude. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, doing cocaine at a strip club is basically just paying homage to the history and tradition of the wrestling business. I'm surprised that it was a former MMA guy that likes to keep the traditions alive. Yeah, I don't know how I spent so much time at a strip club and never did cocaine, but I didn't. Um, even bang, <laughs> well then, even bang some of the strippers mm-hmm. and never did cocaine. But anyway, uh, well, see if you if we put shared experiences together, then we've had the full Matt Riddle experience. Well, I I've mean, done cocaine, but never been to strip clubs. You've been to strip clubs, never did cocaine. So yeah, there you go, there you go. I guess you know, there you go. We're uh, we're a good team, Smart. Mm-hmm. We're a good team. But you, all you, I will say about that was it was a fun experience, but nobody should believe in themselves that much. That that's why I didn't do it in, again. Ah, uh, like, gotcha. If you want to feel like Kanye West for like two hours, it's. Oh, that doesn't seem 
that's not a good sell. Well, I mean, the kind of original Kanye was like before the anti-Semitism. Like, I don't, I don't think cocaine makes you anti-Semitic. Yeah, I mean, can we skip that and just go right to this new hot chick he's got? Because that chick is hot. That Bianca chick is fucking, <laughs> fucking smoking. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Oh, she goes out, no clothes on in Italy. It's fucking Italy. So do they. Shut up. I've actually never seen her. Oh. Look up look up <laughs> Kanye West girlfriend Bianca. Enjoy yourself, well, sir. Nowadays, I don't even really care all that much because it's just like it's all just fake shit. Like any oh. once you reach a certain level of celebrity or whatever, if you're dating famous people and you're not famous yourself, chances are you're probably some kind of like Instagram model or shit, which means fake lips, fake teats, fake ass, the whole nine. I must said teats, which I guess still works. Same thing. I must said teeth too. That was weird. No, but either one. Fake ass tits. As tits, teeth, lips, yeah, everything, the whole thing. They're all fake. If it's not just fucking AI'd, which a lot of stuff now is just AI'd, you got to be very careful of what you're looking at, guys and girls. Mm-hmm. So, Smark, let's just keep going with stuff that we've already talked about that we're going to update everybody on real quick. How about that uh, MLW WWE lawsuit that me and you have been talking about for the last year, probably? Sure. About the last year. Um, Details on the lawsuit settlement between WWE and MLW have been revealed in a new report from WWE parent company, TKO. Uh, so, Smark, we had talked about that they would settle. Now, we didn't think we would hear anything about it, but it looks like it is coming out that they did settle. And we even have an amount to uh, to go off of here, Smark. So, this was a, a, a little, actually almost two years ago, in January 2022, MLW filed that antitrust lawsuit against WWE essentially claiming that WWE had used unfair practices to maintain a monopoly over the pro wrestling business. This is where they accused Stephanie and Triple H of, mainly Stephanie, of going in and threatening if you have them, you lose us, you're going to lose our sponsors, blah, blah, blah. Um... So we had a a filing on February 27th, 2024, a couple of days ago. TKO stated that the case was settled in December 2023. Now, Mark, if you remember, in the beginning of December, we were just talking about how they were, if you remember, the case was almost dying because they hadn't filed. Remember, they hadn't filed correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they fixed that. And ended up settling for twenty million. So the company WWE, oh, we could do no wrong, no, no, no. Ended up settling for twenty million. Now remember, I'm not saying MLW had to pay twenty million. WWE gave MLW $20 million to shut the fuck up about this. It was actually, after all this, it was dismissed with prejudice, which means it cannot be brought up in a court again, ever, ever, ever. Um, or double jeopardy. It's as though they're lie. going to need their legal team for something else. 
Well, oh yeah, exactly. They're probably like, mm, we got something coming up down the pike here. We're gonna be looking at. <laughs> Guys, McDevitt's been gone for a while, and we need all hands on deck with some other shit. How much money do you want? Like, you want Riddle? We'll give you Riddle. Fucking go over there. You know, a lot of people thought this was going nowhere. Even we weren't a hundred percent sure where this was going. Go ahead. I, I, I was rooting for them. I was kind of on their side. I thought something was going to come of it because they were fucking bringing in lawyers. MLW mm-hmm. was bringing in fucking Trump's lawyers. And it's like, do you have any, like, you have to believe that you have a legitimate case. Like, you're not just fucking ambulance chasing if you're willing to di- fucking shove out the money for fucking presidential lawyers. Well, and the fact that they were, you know, that, that it kept getting brought up and, okay, well, they were supposed to file this, but they didn't do this in time. They didn't do this. They didn't do this. But obviously, they got their uh, their proverbial ducks in a row, and were granted twenty million dollars for it. Not granted, but settled for twenty million. I would think that a twenty million into a company like MLW is a huge, huge influence and injection of money into a company like that. I would I believe so too. I would believe that's big money for a company like MLW. That's mm-hmm. that that that's good stuff. So, listen, I guess WWE. I mean, listen, you can say what you want about a settlement. Is it admitting guilt? Maybe. Did they know they had something coming up? The lawyers were going to have to spend a little more time on. Maybe. Let's just get this one out of the fucking way, please, so we can work on the new one. I mean, literally, like, you think about it, because you were asking me, it's not the same thing, it's not apples to apples, but, like, why all of a sudden all the allegations have, like, resurfaced and shit? It's like, you really think about it, and, like, in McDivitt retiring or leaving them, however it was that that happened... <laughs> the fucking, they have no goalie and they're down two in the middle of the third. Like shit's not going well for the, the fucking floodgates have opened. They're taking hits left and right. They are, and but they're a company that can fucking afford it. Look, they're not going anywhere, folks. Don't don't ever expect it. No matter what hits no, they no, take, nah. No matter what hits they take, and I, I I really feel that a guy like Triple H will learn from the mistakes. I don't think we're going to see a lot more mistakes from this company down the road. Um, I, mean, I, I really, I really you, don't. Uh oh. You would certainly hope that nobody else in charge of their company is going to be like raping people I or, just, or defecating on people thank without you. their permission. I'm just hoping no one else in the company is shitting on people's heads. I mean, literally, you can now call Vince a shithead, and literally. It fits. Uh, kind of reminds me of the old Enzo Amore song, the old hashtag consensual penis. Duck. Uh, yeah, that's right. His fucking consensual. We, I think we played that. Mm-hmm. I think we played the old consensual penis song. Mean, meanwhile, things aren't going too great for Buddy himself either because he's like, and I think like a week or two, he's going to be doing a show that's like 20 minutes away from me in front of like a town that consist of like 400 people. Nice. That sounds he's just fun. Straight out, he's working the fucking Tennessee independent scene. 
poor guy is not, not even like anywhere near Memphis. I am as far away from Memphis as you can get in the state. So buddy is well, he's having a hard time out there. I am fucking happy because uh, right down the road from me next month is some fucking micro wrestling. Hell yeah. I'm actually thinking I about went to it. I'm one thinking that about they it. Did in my time. I'm thinking about it, dude. Taking the kids. Go see some micro wrestling. Did I, did I tell you about it? I went there. It was a good time. And also they had an intermission. And during intermission, I there was a lady that was sitting off to the side of like, there was like four rows of seats. It was like north, south, east, west. And the girl off to my right. I don't know what the fuck happened, but like her top just straight popped off. Hmm. Like a strap broke, a strap broke and just bang, just titty was out. And then it was funny because she did the thing where you like, she like hurry up and fixed it, but then like looked around to see if anybody had seen it. And I was, it was funny because I was like trying to not make it clear that I had seen it, but I had like the Paul London grin on my face. Mm, I got you. That I, oh, 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 I didn't see it, but I saw it. I didn't, but I did. You know, every time I every time I scroll through my Facebook, that thing pops up, and right now it's not popping up. I was gonna look at what it was. I can't find it. I had it in an interest, but I I can't load up my Facebook on my uh, computer because my account was hacked a while ago, and I can only get in on my phone. And like as they were hacking me, I. I added the two-factor thing, so it has to go to my phone for them to change anything on my personal account. But they jacked our wrestling outlet account last week. Uh, I just looked, and now they jacked my Hollywood Hangout account, so I got to fix that. I'm more than likely going to have to start a whole new Facebook account, which worries me because... Yeah, because I've got the... um, which means I'm gonna have to. Which means I, 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 I don't know if you are. I think you are, but I have to make sure you're an admin on both, uh, on both our, our, our on both Wrestling Umbrella and Wrestling Outlet. If you're not, I'll make sure you are. But I know you're. I think you're one on on Outlet or Umbrella. So we'll take care of it either I way. I don't recall. I don't know, but I, I, I do need to start a whole new account and delete this account so he stops fucking with my. Uh, my stuff. Yeah, so, sounds good. Yeah, so I'll get that done in the next few days. That really didn't need to be mentioned here on the show, but um, I'm tired. And um, <laughs> so there, well, anyway, and that's the MLW lawsuit. We have another lawsuit to talk about, though, Smart, because WWE has filed a lawsuit against... Oh, no. That's right, against the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, who I honestly think is a bit of a tool, <laughs> to be honest with you. Fair enough. Well, I actually think our governor's a tool, too. But anyway, let's just leave that for whatever it is. I know, they're Republicans. I'm supposed to like them. Go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit. Um, there's some At shit. At least your governor doesn't have a pun name. Not really. No. I mean, Abbott. We have Governor Bill Lee, which sounds like it's just like a, it sounds like a wrestling name, actually, or like a porn name, but like a maybe not not an unsuccessful porn actor. No, it sounds like he's actually missing the last name. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you know how them them country boy, you know. Oh, it's Johnny Lee Davis over there. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. No, look at Billy Pickens. That's it. Maybe but, that's what it is. Maybe the last name's Pickens. So he's just like, no, I'm, I'm Bill, comma, Lee. Like, no, we, you're not. You're Billy Pickens. Get out of here. We, right before I left Princeton, they were having, um, the last time I lived in, they were having elections. And the guy's name was Hale. And all the signs said, Hail, yes. Oh, I could do you one better. I wish I still had it. I, I might still have it somewhere. I just got to look for it. There was a person that was running for one of the elected uh, positions around here that was named Stacy Swallows. Which, funny enough, it, it, Stacy Swallows is funny enough as it is. Mm. The unfortunate thing is that Stacy Swallows is a man. It is oh. a man named Stacy, and to make it worse, his last name is Swallows. That poor guy Ooh. had a fucking hell of a go of it in high school. You know he did. Man, I would have changed my last name. <laughs> Legalities and all. Anyway, let's get back to uh, <laughs> Texas Attorney General Jen pa- General uh, 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 Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton here, and why WWE is suing him. So. It all began when Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics requested the release of a contract between WWE and the city of, of San Antonio. Now, I'm assuming he did this through a FOIA um, act, which is the um, Freedom of Information Act. I'm assuming that's what he did this through. So the documents would include how much the local government paid WWE to hold the 2023 Royal Rumble in Alamo City down there in Austin, Texas. So basically, WWE is saying, oh, no, no, you can't do that. Um, Actually, Chris, uh, the WWE Senior VP of Communications, Chris Legentil, explained how granting WrestleNomics access to the contract would give WWE a disadvantage in their negotiations. So I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. This is exactly what he said, and I quote, If this information was made publicly available and Brandon Thurston was permitted to publicize our financial information and negotiated terms of of WrestleNomics, WWE would lose our bargaining power in negotiating all of our live events and much of the value of bidding, uh, of a bidding process for venues. He said, okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I get it. But if Brandon Thurston is doing nothing illegal, if he's not obtaining these articles or, or whatever these papers are by, you know, illegal means, if he's doing it through a Freedom of Information Act, Those words right there speak loudly. Freedom of information. If that's how he's getting these, that's fine. But there's really nothing they should be able to do. They are a public company. Mm -hmm. They are a public company. Stuff like this should be made public. 
I guess there's, I, I, I guess this is sort of a trade secret that people do, um, kind of keep, you know, under wraps. But on January seventeenth, the Attorney General's office decided that the contract is not confidential. So legally, there's not a goddamn thing they can do about this. I'm sure WWE will will keep this quiet. I do see where they could lose negotiation power by doing this. I get it. I'm not totally sure I agree with this, though. I understand it's a business thing. But I don't think Brandon Thurston is doing anything illegal. I don't think Brandon Thurston is doing anything wrong. And I'm... Uh, if I had to pick a side, I'm going Team Thurston on this one. Why well, are, are they suing them? Or are they suing the state? They're suing the attorney general because the attorney general is who decided to make the contract non-confidential, not confidential anymore. They want to. They're suing him to make it confidential so this information doesn't get out. Because it seems like they're not really doing anything against Thurston as much as, like you said, they're doing the attorney general. They are. But again, I mean, this this all has to do with Brandon Thurston. He's going to eventually, he's going to be looped into this one way or the other. It's Yeah, probably. Yeah, he he got the ball rolling on this thing, so he's going to be named in this. I can, I, I, I completely understand again where WWE is coming from. If, if, if they paid, you know, 20... I'm, I'm throwing numbers out here, folks. I don't know a fucking thing. I know shit from fucking Shinola. Let's say they paid 25... They were paid 25 million, you know, up front to, to hold the venue there. Uh, they got a, a, a piece of this, a piece of the stores, a piece of this, a piece of that. So if the next venue that they go to that venue is going to want to either meet or lowball that one because now they're not going to be able to go right now. They're not going to be able to go above it. They'll never make more money. I understand where they're coming from, but again, if this contract is not confidential, Brandon Thurston ain't doing nothing wrong and we'll have to see what happens. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I am not with WWE on this. I think this is something that, I mean, this is, you know what? Vince loves fucking NDAs. Maybe you should have had them sign one. Right? Maybe that should be a part of your fucking negotiation from now on. NDAs. Seriously. For something like this, if you want to keep it confidential, it's a very fucking simple way to do it. And that's the yeah, way. I guess so. Yeah. So, anyway, you got anything on uh, else on that, my man? Actually, I'm kind of surprised that it's not already a situation where they make them sign something and you can't release that information. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised something like this hasn't already been brought to the show to the to the the forefront. No one else has tried to do this. Um, mm -hmm. But like I said, I guess we'll fucking see what happens in the next few months with this. But I mean, right. Brandon Thurston is the one writing articles. He is the one that actually requested the documents. So he's definitely looped 
wrapped right into this lawsuit at some in some capacity. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Smart, do you want to do Revolution now? Or do you want to do AEW, Dynamite, and then do Revolution? Dynamite's not going to take long. I really only got a couple of things I, I want to bring up. But anyway, go ahead. I think it's go to Dynamite and then go to Revolution. We'll just go in chronological order. All right. Dynamite happened. It sure did. Huntsville, Alabama. I had a friend there that went to the show. Nice. Very nice. Honestly, he said that he was he was uh, got to sting, shook his hand. He was like walking around, shaking people's hands and shit in the front row. That got to shake his hand, so he's pretty happy about that. Fuck yeah! Um, he told Nick Wayne that he wanted to bang his mom, and Nick Wayne st- stared heat into him. I'll actually read you a tweet. He tweeted at Nick Wayne, "Quote: I'm the fat guy in the blue jersey who talked about your mom last night. Always rooting for a young fan for life." So there you go. Nice. That's awesome. That's fucking awesome. Well, Smart Dynamite kicked off with uh, you guys being 100% correct last week. At the end of last week's show, we talked about Hangman and his ankle injury. It did turn out to be a swerve, (laughs) if you will. Get it? Mm. Swerve. Mm Mm-hmm. He was in the ring with Swerve. So he was in They actually made this joke in commentary as well. Yes. Oh, I didn't hear that. (laughs) That's what Taz said. He said he Swerve, Swerve. Damn, I didn't hear that. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Anyway. uh, Yeah. Yeah. He, Paige did end up turning on Swerve. Joe came down the ring. Now remember, this this was the go-home show for Revolution, folks, so... They really concentrated on this being the go-home show for Revolution. Because I got to be honest, this was not, this wasn't the greatest Dynamite. Not even, this wasn't the greatest go-home show. It seemed like they tried to make up for lost time because it didn't seem like they did that great of a job building up the pay-per-view like during the weeks prior. Great point. Great point. I was going to try to say something clever, but I can't. You fucking nailed it. That's exactly what it feels like they were doing. Exactly mm-hmm. I mean, what they, it feels. They built, they built up this Sting thing. They've been building up the Sting thing for a while, and it seemed like they kind of they knew that they had that, and it kind of seemed like they treated that as though that was enough. Wow. Which I'm sure there's a lot of people that bought tickets on the strength of that alone, but yeah. I mean, I fucking love the whole Sting stuff, but we'll get into that in a minute here. Um, that was mm-hmm. brief. That 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 there was some good shit with that. But uh we started off with that. Um again, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time. There was a lot of focus on Matthew and Nicholas. Um they show up, thank God they took those fucking white suits off with Darby's blood on them at least. That was kind of gross, if you think about it. It was really gross. Um now the Blackpool Combat Clubs, Mark, went up against Eddie Kingston. NFTR. Um, Smart. I've got to. All right. I, I've, I've got to do something here. I'm going to share my screen. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm going I'm, I'm to pull something up. Give me a second here. Hold on here. 
I'm going to have to mute this. All right, it's already muted. I'm going to share my screen with you, and I want you to explain to me what in the living fuck this little segment was in this match with Eddie Kingston and FTR. Give me a second. I'm pulling up Skype right now. I'm going to share my little screeny screen with you. You're going to be checking out this right here. I'm not going to play. The, I'm not going to play the sound. Um, because I think you know what? Fuck it. I'll play the goddamn sound. I don't give a fucking shit. Yeah. Let me get some sound. Breaking all the rules. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Wow. Okay. You see it? You see VLC here? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, SBC, my man. What the fuck was this? Okay, Eddie, can you see Eddie Kingston here? I want you to watch Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, the, this chopping segment was an embarrassing segment. Eddie Kingston is hitting his own chest. He looks mm -hmm. like he's he's doing, he looks like he's playing patty cake. Not chopping anybody. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking keep playing this for you so you can keep watching this. I'm gonna play it without fucking sound. You you see how look at Eddie. He's hitting his own chest. None of the oh. other guys are slapping their own chest because they're not trying to actually make sound. They're just trying to make the rapid chop movement. Ed, folks, I'm sorry. I like Eddie Kingston. I do. I like his promos. I think he's great. I even called this WTF Chops. That was my name for the video. What the fuck, Chops? <laughs> mm -hmm. This was embarrassing. I'm sorry, folks. As much as I like Eddie, I'm not sure this guy belongs. Okay, I I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. You know what? Stop me from saying what I was going to. Go ahead. Please. Well, I mean, if you're talking about if you're, you're expecting me to make a defense of this, I'm not going to. <laughs> I don't look. I mean, I've been a fan of his since fucking 2009. I don't like the rapid chops thing. And I don't like when anybody does it. And I also don't really like when they do the whole fucking flurry of punches anyway. Because it, have you ever seen like a real fight? Have you ever seen anybody do like a whole bunch of just punch, 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 punch? Usually it's like one back up, one back up, one back. You know what I mean? Like unless you have somebody down and you're like trying to end a, like a fucking MMA fight, getting the ref stoppage. Like more right. often than not, like a bunch of punches like consecutively, you tend not to see and it tends not to look good. Mm. Like I would rather see somebody just like deliver like one big one, pull back, deliver another one, pull back, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like it just looks better that way. Right, right. It th This was... I'm sorry. I felt embarrassed for Kingston. I felt embarrassed. For... This was bad. This was bad. And I've got another segment to play for you, Smart. I'm not done. I'm not mm -hmm. done. I'm not done yet. I got another segment to play for you that I have another what the fuck, and I even called it another WTF. Um, but let's keep going here. So we had that. Blackpool Combat Club did win that match, by the way. And then we had Will Ospreay come down. I can't understand a word this fucking guy says. I'm sorry. It is a great fucking counterculture of just clashes stylistically or just like philosophies and upbringings, cultural 
situation because you have fucking Will Ospreay, who basically is one of the most gifted wrestlers of all time, but mm-hmm. is also just like a soccer hooligan, essentially. Yep. He's just like a, a like a preppy British kind of a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Like in the best way possible. Yeah. And then he shows up in fucking Huntsville, Alabama, of all places, and yeah. he's just like... Yep, finished up my contract with New Japan, bro, and spent 10 days getting drunk with the missus, and then I got on a flight, and, you know, next thing you know, I'm here, and I'm ready to give it to my best. He, he doesn't talk like he's from a member of the Beatles, I don't, but I don't do British accents, but yes, he fucking he says that he finished up his commitments. He spent, like, 10 fucking days getting drunk. He hopped on an airplane, and now here he is. Mm-hmm. Out here with Ringo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the cute. I'm the cute one, Paul. Yeah, it's actually the exact opposite of how he talks. Now that I think about it, because he doesn't do the the fucking Beatles accent, he just does the Chav accent, which I can't do. So there you go. Yeah, bruv. Yes. But anyway, the whole thing with the Callus family—it all happened. They shook hands. I think there's going to be some shenanigans happening come uh come revolution but um after that we had the orange cat orange Cassidy basically had an open challenge it was nick wayne um after the match roderick strong took out orange cassidy whatever actually i i, I there's something to take umbrage with this please in, in the match it is a open challenge for orange cassidy's belt the international belt yep during the match, the Undisputed Kingdom people show up to try to cost Orange Cassidy the match. Roderick Strong is wrestling Orange Cassidy at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. How in the fuck would that behoove them if they cost him the match and his title? Roderick Strong wouldn't be competing for anything then. It, it made no sense that they came out and tried to cost him the match when it would have benefited him them to for him to have been the champion coming into the pay-per-view, which he is, and he ended up winning the match, but they tried to cost him the match, and it, that, that makes no sense. Or did Roderick think, uh, Roderick think that Nick Wayne would be an easier opponent? Well, I don't think that. I think the match had already been made, so I think it would just be Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong for no belt. Like, they would have fucked themselves. True, I guess. Because he's not technically the number one contender, I don't think. I think it was he just he had a match with him. Yeah, teams. he had a match. So, All right, I get you. I, I, you know what? I didn't catch that way. Okay, I see you. I see where you're going with that. That's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. I really didn't think of it that way. Jeez. It blew my fucking mind, Smart. Well, thank you. I think I need a sip of beer. <laughs> there, there you go. Mm. That's always the best way to deal with any situation. Oh, so cold. I literally have a bucket of ice here. Like, 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 literally, you know, when you go to like a restaurant and order a bucket. Mm-hmm. I literally. Have I tend a, not to eat buckets. <laughs> I literally have a Coors Light bucket. Can you see this? Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it is a bucket with the Coors Light logo on there, and there is apparently also a Coors Light inside of it. There is actually. There is. I have a bucket and a um, a pitcher. A Coors Light pitcher that I uh, that I stole from the old bar I used to go to, or nice. I'm sorry, I uh, I bought from the old bar I used to go to. 
Actually, the pitcher, I was drunk as fuck. And the bartender handed it to me, and he's like, all right, man, I know you want one. Go. I put that bitch <laughs> under my shirt, and I took off out the back door. <laughs> and I didn't go to my car. I walked home. Because I lived right behind the bar. I could get home in five minutes from walking. So I walked home with it. I didn't want to put it in my car. I took that bitch. Oh, I took that bitch right home. Mm. I still have it. <laughs> I still I have just it. Just fucking running down the street with a bucket like you do fucking the beginning of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Run home with just it like he's now. Got the golden ticket. That's it. Run home and don't stop. That was me. Mm-hmm. That was me. But yeah, I did. I brought that bitch right home. I got some cool shit, man. I got some cool stuff. I actually have a glass um, from when I was in the seventh grade, maybe sixth grade. I took a field trip to Washington. I think it was seventh grade. I took Mm -hmm. a field trip to Washington, and we went to a place called the Harlequin. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's still around now, but I still have the glass from when I was in seventh grade, believe it or not. Still have it. Interesting. Yep. Few thing, very few things I've kept, but that I kept. All right. So after that, what we have? Sky Blue versus Chris Statlander with Sky Blue winning. Sky Blue's on a little mm-hmm. bit of a roll right now. That's fine. And then we had uh, mm-hmm. the then the Bucks went into um, Sting's locker room and. There were bats hanging from the ceiling like Sting was a serial killer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a little weird. A little weird, but cool. I thought it was kind of cool. I will point this out because I make fun of them when WWE does it, so I make fun of them when the AW does it. The Bucks had white bats. So, like, chances are, like... Why are the wrestlers doing arts and crafts? Why are the wrestlers just out there like painting fucking bats and tables and chairs different colors? Like, it doesn't make it doesn't add to the effectiveness of the weapon. It just it doesn't no. make sense. I will say though, at least when you when no. when the bats made contact, it was metal to metal. I will at least give them credit for using real bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you when they had that last segment, you heard the bats connect, and it was fucking. It sounded like two fucking swords. Right. So I'll at least give them credit for that, but I don't understand why they have to paint their bats different colors. Um, I guess to sh- it would show the blood more if if they did connect. Like the yeah, like the sense. suits, like it just always makes me laugh when the wrestlers are doing the fucking arts and crafts projects. But then, yeah, it would have made more sense if they were still wearing the white suits because you had the white suits, the white bats. You're trying to get blood on the bats. Yeah, I'm assuming that's where they were going with that. But anyway, um, the, the, there was a Chris Jericho match, but let's just keep talking. Fuck the Chris Jericho match. No one gives a shit. Um, but let's just keep talking about the last in the little match there. So, Matt and... What? I mean, it's true. 
I didn't give a fuck about the match either. It's like, okay, cool. A, a guy I've never seen before versus a guy who should probably take a break. Oh, Oh, they finally show a fucking three-minute video on this fucking guy because fucking O'Shea Jackson said that they don't tell him who the fuck people are anymore. So now they show a three-minute video and we're supposed to fucking forgive all. Fuck you. Not you, sir. I don't mean you, Smart. I, I, I hope you didn't mean that towards you. Take that towards you. No, not you. Actually, actually it's, it's um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., by the way. That's an important right. distinction. Excuse me. Because it's not Ice Cube. It's Son of Ice Cube, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite movies from the 1920s. Um, <laughs> he was actually go- he was going in on motherfuckers on Twitter because somebody called him out. I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, He's right. The dude is fucking right. Can we just say he's right? Go ahead. Yeah, well, like, one of the, like, AEW hardcore fans are bitching that, like, O'Shea should know who all these wrestlers are anyway. And he was, like, he was talking all this shit about him. And then the guy tweeted in response to the video of the guy bashing him that, quote, he looks like, he says, I like Swerve, he's one of the good ones. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Oh the man's fucking making fun of the AEW fans for just being like racist fuckheads. Yeah, real fucking nice. No, I hate to say, but uh, Ice Cube Son is correct. 1,000% correct. And you know, like I said, this week they decided to give us a little bit of a fucking video on this Atlantis fucking junior who I, 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 I don't know. I don't really know who he is, but they gave us this little, what, what, maybe three-minute video, and we're supposed to just go, oh, cool, look what they're doing now. No. I guess technically it wasn't really Atlantis Jr., it was Atlantis Senior, because they were talking about him and Jericho, like, they had been together in CML, and, like, Jericho was just starting out, so it wasn't even really about the son, it was about the dad. Yeah, who actually ended up throwing the towel, so anyway, anyway, like I said, no Mm -hmm. one gave a fuck. And please, let's just move on to the fucking last segment that we can fucking get into. So Matthew and Nicholas, I hate him saying it, are out there. They've got Darby. And uh, Ric Flair comes walking down. Now, we know Ric Flair last week had talked to the Bucks. He wasn't happy with whatever. And then Ric Flair comes down, and I, Smark, I keep saying, I love Flair. I do. I've said it. I mean, I don't know how many times, Smark. People are probably sick of fucking hearing it. I do not want to see this man like this anymore. I don't want him to get physical in the ring. I want him, I kind of want this man home in his wheelchair. But once again, I'm going to, Pop up my screen, and I'm going to share another fucking segment with you here. (laughs) I want you to tell me what the fuck I'm watching. Let me stop sharing real quick. Turn the react off here. Let me share one more time. I I, I got to reshare with you. Here we go. I know what this one's going to be. The first one was a bit of surprise, but I think I'm going to know what this one is. Okay. Wait, did I miss the thumb to the eye? I did. I missed the awful thumb to the eye. 
I'm sorry I missed that, but I did. There was a thumb to the eye, which if you want me to go, you know what? Fuck it. Hold on here. Let me do something here. Let me go right in here because I happen to have all of AEW right here. Here, let me mute this for a second. Let me go to here. Yeah, there's the fucking wonderful Jericho match. <laughs> Let's just fast forward through this bullshit. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. There's Flair. Okay, here we go. Let's put, okay, let's do this. The spotlight that he so desperately craves. Oh my God, look at this. Well, Flair loves the money. EVPs have the money. Oh, the fuck? Oh, he missed his eye. He hit him in the shoulder. Shoulder. Did you see that? I'll play it again for you if you want the me to. The old shoulder poke of doom? I'll play it again if you want me to. Watch this. Watch this. Yes, the shoulder poke of doom. Here you go. Ready? Shoulder. Horrible punch. Awful. Even, even, even the low blow was bad. Dude, dude, why? Why? How great would it have been if instead of doing a regular low blow, he like aimed a little bit lower to like sort of compensate for what has to be a very obvious sag at this point? Like those fuckers got to be drooping. Oh, I know. Dude, I, again, I love Flair. I don't want to see Flair like this. It makes me sad. I actually kind of liked it in a sense. Uh, the oh, come on. I made fun of the Jericho match for being shit because it was, and I don't care about Jericho. And I've been bashing the fucking Don Callis thing for fucking ages now. All so right. I'm in the pocket of AEW. All I'm saying is that I thought it was kind of cool that after like years upon years and multiple times of like Flair double crossing Sting, that Sting double crossed the Bucks on fucking, or Flair double crossed the Bucks on Sting's behalf. I know. Look, I get it. It was cool, but the the coolest part was Sting fucking dropping down from the fucking rafters. That was awesome. One last time on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. I would have figured one last time on Dynamite. Absolutely fucking awesome. But I just don't need to see Flair doing anything in the ring, man. I don't want to see it, Smart. No, I agree. I mean, by and large, I don't want to see Flair doing anything in the ring either. What we talked about last week, how he's basically lost touch when it comes to promos. It's not as good as it used to be. But this particular instance, I thought it was our own. Uh, all right. All right. Well, that was Dynamite, folks. Honestly, I got to say, I thought it was a little disappointing. I thought it was very disappointing for a go-home show. A little disappointing for a Dynamite, very disappointing for a go-home show. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree. We're on the positive. It's not like the competition is gearing up for the biggest time of the year, and so it's not like you know they need to worry about trying to put on a product that's also good. No, I mean it's just Sting's last match. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. This is this 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 is kind of big, folks. So anyway, um, Smart, let's do some uh, quick revolution predictions and then we will uh we'll roll on out of here sounds good so it's only nine matches <laughs> only nine matches mark it's still gonna take six hours somehow i don't know how it's gonna take six hours with nine matches but it will mm. 
All right. So let's start this out. We're going to start at the bottom, go to the top. We got Chris Jericho versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Lance Archer versus Hook versus Brian Cage Magnus. Uh, versus Magnus? Who's Magnus? Fucking TNA? That's Nick Aldis. Is there, there must be another Magnus that I haven't seen. Versus Dante Martin, it's an all-star scramble match. The winner will receive um, a future AEW world title shot. Let me stretch this out a little bit so I can see what's going on. Hold on a minute here. Let me, uh, let me hit the old rap text button. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Winner will receive a future AEW world championship match. Um... Out of those that I mentioned, who do you see? Jericho, Wardlow, Hobbs, Archer, Hook, Cage, Magnus, Dante Martin. You know me, I'm going Magnus. By the way, Magnus is a Mexican reality TV personality and luchador. Mm. Uh, he works for CMLL. Okay. Uh, I'm picking Wardlow. Mm. If if you if you want to be wrong, okay, but right here we're in the Magnus camp. You know what I mean? All right, all right. right. You're going back. Are you really? Really? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to win or lose in this situation. No. Okay, why not? Let's go. Back. There isn't. I'm not even marking who's who we who we choose. I'm not even doing it. But also, they're doing a great job with Wardlow, aren't they? I dude, I have had my complete i have had my complaints on this i've ranted i don't know what else to, to say man i mean i guess ultimately the, the the stipulation is that the winner receives a future world championship match so it's not a completely throwaway thing but at the same time it's like he just went on this whole tangent about how he's beaten like all the like the last three champions mm -hmm. and how he's tired of being dicked around. It's like, all right, so you're in a you're a fucking opening match. That's like a basically just a scramble match. Well, it's like, all right, cool. I'll tell you now. And they're doing a great job with Ricky Starks, too, huh? I, oh, yeah. I don't at all regret me saying that they weren't going to drop the ball with Ricky Starks. Go to NXT for the fucking love of God. Well, Sean Spears is back there. <laughs> well, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't blame AEW for not using him because he kind of sucks shit. But mm -hmm. I mean, you could use Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, unlike Sean Spears, knows how to cut a promo and is actually an entertaining wrestler. Yeah, he could do something, but I don't know. I'm going to tell you now, though, Jericho wins this match. I think there's going to be some fucking pissed off people. Sure. Is he supposed to be a heel now, I guess? I don't know. You know, Jericho's kind of like punk. He's always on the verge of being a heel. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's always kind of how it looks. I, I don't really fucking know, dude, to be honest with you. But I think if Jericho wins this match, you're going to have some very angry internet fans. So I just thank so, God that they seemingly ended the Jericho Callis feud that's been going on for the last three centuries. <laughs> yes. And yes, I do understand that century is a one hundred years. Yes, that's it feels <laughs> like it's been three hundred years. Yes, I, I I I did understand you were you were you were being sarcastic there, Smart. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I I got it. 
Well, speaking of sarcasm, uh, FTR versus Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Ooh, SBC picks Hook to win that match. Okay. Okay. Possible. I mean, they have a historic mind reason for why that would happen. They do, but, uh, I mean, do you want to... Man, that's like taking a rookie who's got this fucking FTW title. It's not really a sanctioned title. And then... Mm. You know what? It would be a, it would be a big, big thing for Hook to win that match. And you know what, SBC? I could see that happening. I could see them doing mm. something like that to shake things up a little bit. You know what? I wouldn't hate it if that happened either. I would not hate that. I would not hate that if that happened. Uh, FTR versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club. So we've got. Um, and the Blackpool Combat Club will be Moxley versus uh, Moxley and Claudio. Tag team match, straight match, nothing, nothing big. Um, with Blackpool Combat Club winning on the show on Dynamite, if this were WWE, it would definitely be FTR winning on the pay per view. I'm going Blackpool Combat Club for the win. I'm going to go FTR, I think. I don't know. I think your heels win this one. Don't forget, Cash Wheeler's got a little little something-something coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the question. Is do they extend the feud past this or not? I, I just, I think they're probably going to have FTR win this. I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying, Cash Wheeler's got... uh, Got a gun charge hanging on him right now, so I'm going black. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going BCC. There you go. All right, all right. Is that your final answer, Smart? Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go FTR. All right. Uh, we've we've got the match. We talked about it. This is for the AEW TNT Championship. It is Christian Cage. Versus Daniel Garcia. Versus dancing Daniel Garcia. Do they... T- I I see zero reason to take the title off... The, this title off of Christian. Um, he's great. He's must-see. That title, the way he got it... All makes sense with Christian. I don't think it makes any sense to put the title on Daniel Garcia, and I think it would be actually, I think it would actually be kind of stupid to take the title off of uh, Christian with the momentum he has right now. Smart. Yep. Okay. So basically, they did a whole thing with the storyline, the injury angle. Christian injured Edge, so this right. it became Christian versus Daniel Garcia, and I don't think there was ever really a formal reason given to why that happened. I don't think Edge is actually injured is what I'm trying to say. Mm. So I could very much see this being a situation where like Chris, the whole Christian camp is cheating and Edge comes down to help make the save in favor of Garcia. But then it's a swerve and Edge turns heel, joins up with Christian again. They have a full, basically they're fucking doing 2000 Edge and Christian over again. It, I think it'd be entertaining television to see that. So I'm going to go with that, and I'm going to go with Christian retaining with Edge's home, or Copeland, whatever, but you know what I mean. Man, it'd be great if they, uh, if they, like, did the show where they made, where, where they were funny, 
Mm-hmm. Edge and Christian again. On the AEW network. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, I'm joking, obviously, folks. All right. So, okay. So both of us agree here, Christian. You've got a you you added way more detail than I was uh thinking, which that's pretty awesome. I I I like Copeland getting involved. I think that's definitely a a possibility. I think this is another match we might see a little fuckery, a little shenanigans in the Will Ospreay versus uh, Takeshita match here. Singles match, nothing, no stakes, no uh, no stips. Um, I see Ospreay winning, but I also see Ospreay turning on the Callis family in some way or another. So we'll see what happens there, but I definitely see Ospreay winning. So there's good news and there's bad news with this match. The good oh, news is that oh. it's probably going to be a good match. The bad news is that fucking, it, unfortunately, it seems like Osprey is probably going to get roped into feuding with the Callis family for like two or three months, which is going to be a waste of Osprey's career and our time. Minimum. Minimum. Because it just, I, I would, I could think of about 8 billion other people on that roster that I'd rather see Osprey work with than yeah. just having a feud with a manager. It's it's not. I don't like fucking. I, I I can't be in the minority here. Like what they do with what they've been doing with Don Callis. And I think Don Callis just in general. I just I'm not a fan of the man's work. He seems mm. like just like fucking Timu Paul Heyman or a Wish dot com Paul Heyman. Really. I I. It's it's just not good. Like I don't think he actually helps the people that he's managing. I think he kind of just steals the spotlight from them. Like if you look at like the, the the exact opposite of the spectrum, think about when Swerve started taking off and getting really over in AEW is when they put him with Prince Nana. But right. who credits Nana for that? They credit Swerve because Nana's doing his job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. I don't see Callus as that. I really don't. And I see. I I think Callus knows people see him like that, and I think that's what he uses. I mean, I guess that's part of his character, but like, right. has putting Hobbs or Takeshka with him, has it helped them at all? Like, has Hobbs's profile been raised since working with Callus? No, but now you've got a, f- but now you've got at least a few food, uh, f- foods, few, <laughs> a few feuds to throw Osprey into right now. You've got him. He can do this one match now. Then next thing you know, of course, he's going to have to go through Hobbs. And then, you know, he'll have to go through fucking Fletcher, which will be a fucking easy one. So that's going to all fucking happen. So he's got a few feuds he can get into right now. And then we see Callus get his in the end, which is how it always happens. So I don't know. Like I said, I, I I think Callus knows people think of him kind of in that way, and I think that's what he uses in order to kind of just kind of get over. I like the guy. I don't know. I like. I'm him. probably in the minority of that, but it just and a lot of it has to do with just the fact that that the feud he had with Omega and then Jericho just lasted seemingly forever. So like maybe that left a bad taste in my mouth, and maybe he can 
redeem himself and put on some entertaining, you know, television product. But I just, uh, I'm just not a fan of the guy at the moment. Maybe he can put a good taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm, perhaps. Ooh, yeah. Well, see, I think the thing is that they need to, they need to bring back Kurgan. Put him with Kurgan again. That's what he's missing. Oh, is that what you think? Mm-hmm. That. That's What's Kurgan up to these days? I think he's actually having a successful acting career of a sort. Probably. Let's just leave the guy alone. Let's not put mm-hmm. let's let's not put any of this on him. Okay. We have a singles match here. This is for the Continental Crown Championship, which Eddie Kingston holds right now. AEW Continental Championship, ROH Women uh, World Championship, and and the new NJPW Strong Openweight Championship. Now, if Danielson loses, this is what happens. He has to shake Eddie Kingston's hand. Mm-hmm. He has to shake his hands, Mark. Yes. Yep. So, Kingston wins this match? I'm going to be honest. I don't think he does. I think it, it going out on a limb in this one, I think most people would pick Kingston, and it seems like that would make the most sense. But I think maybe just because of the idea of, like, that's what people are expecting, that, like, after all this about Danielson, you know, not respecting Kingston, calling Kingston the king of the bums, et cetera, et cetera, that the story is going to culminate with him having to shake Kingston saying, I could actually see it kind of being a misdirection and Danielson winning and then that being kind of it for Kingston's run as champion, obviously. Well, I could see. I don't see that. I see Eddie. I see. I wins. He has to. He becomes the triple crown champion, and then theoretically, he would have to defend the belt in like New Japan Strong and shit, which I think he's trying to wrestle less these days. So that's kind of a conflict of logic there. But other than that, yeah, I see Moxley and Claudio getting involved in this. Maybe this might even be a DQ win for Eddie. A rare DQ, a rare DQ. Um, I just don't see why New Japan would want their title changed on a show that's not theirs. See where I'm going here? I mean, it's a partnership. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I guess in in order to do the triple crown thing, they would have had to have gotten okay because it's going to happen on AWTV at some point. Like, I don't think it's the, the title changes are going to happen exclusively on New Japan or New Japan Strong shows. Oh, I don't know. I still see Eddie winning this. <laughs> One way Could or be. the other. So, man, we're actually... Usually we flow through these and we're just like, yeah, we agree, we agree, we agree, we agree. All right. We've got Timeless Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo. This is for the AEW World Championship, Women's World Championship. I don't see Tony Storm losing the title. I don't see a reason for it. Um, again, Deanna Perrazzo just coming into the company has plenty of time to keep this feud going and chase this title. I think giving it to Deanna would seem kind of... I think it would actually, this may not sound great, but I don't mean it in the way I mean it. I'll explain in a minute. I think it would almost 
cheapen the women's world championship to give it to Deanna Perrazzo on in her first match. Not that Deanna Perrazzo is bad. I don't mean it that way at all. I just think you've got this girl who just came in. She's been there for less than two months, and I don't. I I don't think it would be a good idea to throw your title right on someone like that. Does that make any sense? No, I get what you're saying. Okay, good. Glad someone does because I'm not sure. Makes sense. There you go. That's what I think. I've got uh, I've got Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Tony Storm too. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. We got Samoa Joe versus Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. This is a throwaway match. This is for the AEW World Championship. I got to admit, this one's a little tough. I would love to see Swerve win this, and I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. But I'm... I, I don't think they're going to take it off Joe just yet, but Swerve, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and say Swerve because that's who I want to win. I don't usually go who my, with my want, but I'm going to go with Swerve. I think it's a great, I think it would be a fucking smart thing to do to put it on him right now. He's hot. He is fucking steaming hot. And this would be a good time to change that title over to Swerve. Okay, so here's the thing. Oh, boy. As you would think that them booking a triple threat match is like, all right, it's an easy out. You have Hangman lose, and then maybe like the next month or next pay-per-view cycle, you have Swerve and Joe again or whatever. So I think you, a lot of people are expecting Joe to retain, but here's but the situation right now is like we were talking about. We're about to be WrestleMania is coming up right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be focused on what WWE is doing. You have undoubtedly the hottest act the most over wrestler in your company competing for the world championship do it now just fucking do it now strike while the iron's hot don't let him cool off don't wait too long they they tend to have it they've been kind of building up a reputation having a tendency for putting people on the back burner and then when they pull Mm -hmm. the trigger it's not great because like hook cooled down they haven't done anything with ricky starks so on and so forth like people gain momentum and then they kind of fumble it a little bit right so just go ahead you have the opportunity right in front of you just put the belt on swerve and just let him because i mean they're not they haven't been doing well they've been kind of in a creative doldrum they the ratings have been going down the ticket sales have been going down they're not in like any danger of folding at the moment but like they're kind of they've plateaued they're they're going downhill a little bit so this is i feel like that would pick put them back to where they need to be it would be like a step in the right direction yep i agree i'm with you man 100 percent on that one all right let's see what they do let's see what they what, what happens and what they do on uh on revolution so let's go ahead we got two matches left folks we got orange cassidy versus roderick strong this is for the aew international championship Fucking Roderick. Even if there's fucking uh, interference, I say Roddy takes this one. I'm saying Roderick too, and I also know that it's how it was listed on the Wikipedia. But if this is the semi-main event, I will eat my fucking hat. Because there's <laughs> why would they put this match on before the world title? Like I get putting Sting's match on after the world title, but like why would you put this on after the world title match? I don't know. 
I don't know. Pull down, maybe? This is, I mean, that's not the exact match order, so. I mean, I'm pretty sure Sting will main event the pay-per-view, but I mean, yeah. unless you're putting the international match on as like a cool down, mm. which kind of sucks and hurts. Like they they did a good job of building that belt up. So maybe don't do that. Maybe. We'll see what happens here. But anyways, Mark, here we go. You ready? This is mm-hmm. a tornado tag team match, which I've said a thousand times is one of my favorite matches. They're all in the ring. No tags. It's fucked. I I love this shit. This is for the AEW Tag Team Championship. This will be Sting's retirement match, so we think. Um, I think it will be. Sting and Darby Allin with Ric Flair versus the Young Bucks. Now, Smark, I got to say this. You got to keep this. You have to keep this in in the back of your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Sting does not have very a very good history of putting his faith in Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. The the character. Ric Flair yes. always looking out for himself. You've gotta put in the back of your mind what if Flair Costing his last match, and that's how he loses. You have to do it, especially with what we saw on Dynamite. Ric Flair could be playing us all, the dirtiest player in the games, Mark. I think they're, <laughs> I, I think that Sting and Darby are going to win, but I think if they lose, it will be Flair's fault. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I actually think that would be a great way to do that. But I will I will see your potential swerve and Ooh. I will match you or offer another potential swerve. Bring it. What it you said it was you said and you you actually said, kind of put this idea in my head inadvertently perhaps because <laughs> you said that this was Sting's retirement match or so we're told. Mm-hmm. Imagine if fucking Sting turned on Derby in this match. And it wasn't his retirement match at all. And they had like another like pay-per-view cycle. And then that was Sting put him out on his way out. And that was actually mm-hmm. the end of Sting's career. But like people kept expecting that it was going to be Sting versus Darby at some point, And that it just never happened. So what if this was actually just a misdirection and Sting turns on Darby? They have another match. They have a match at another mm. pay-per-view. And then that's actually Sting's retirement match. So that'd be kind of interesting. It would be, and you would piss some people off who bought tickets to see Sting's last match. Um, I don't at all think that's going to happen, by the by. I think Sting-Darby win, that's it. But yeah, like I you do said, player-costing in the match or Sting turning on Darby would be interesting at the very least. I think it would be, and it would be actually a fun angle to do. It would be. But the problem mm-hmm. is you'd have to keep Flair around, and that would further a story which you don't want to fucking further. But True. you never know with AEW. Um, I'm with you, though. I've got Sting and Darby winning. Um, Sting undefeated. AEW goes out, and that's it. I'm with you. Sure. So there you go. Um, and that is all we've got for you, folks. It's actually a fucking pretty long show. We've almost got two and a half hours.
So, mm-hmm. but um, there you go, everybody. That is it. We are done. And uh, on that note, I don't know, Smart. What else? I mean, do you have anything else? Not really. No. Uh, Monday is 8.30 p.m. You can check me out on Totally Inappropriate Team Sports. That's Tits, PM Bra, Support Tits. We're talking NFL. We're talking NHL. Uh, we talked a little bit about UFC. And we're going to be doing a uh, UFC, the main card, then what the next UFC pay-per-view is coming up. Not this weekend, but next weekend. So we'll be doing predictions for that this Monday. Nice. Very nice. All right, folks. You know where we're going to be. Right back here next Thursday. We'll probably be on Mixer next week, too, folks, because I don't know when my wife made some phone calls for the Internet. We'll have to see what happens. But in the meantime, we're going to stay right here on Mixler. I don't mind paying to keep us on here. So anyway, folks, appreciate it. Thank you. We will see you next Thursday night, 930 p.m. Eastern Time. See ya. And yours. Time to take your drunken ass home. It's all right. If you don't know what to do with yourself, take your drunken ass home.